Good morning, everybody. Wow, we got a beautiful, I said that last time though, didn't I? A beautiful group of people here today. And welcome to Christ Walk. Glad that you're here. This is what we do. This is part of what we do. And we've, we've begun a, a new series today uh, called This Is What We Do. Is everybody glad to be here? All right. Did anybody, was anybody forced to come? No. If we, if we had a lot of the kids here, they would have already raised their hand, right? But you, you weren't forced to come. You're here because you want to be here. And I am so glad that you are here. It's going to be a great month. I want you to, want you to be a part of what we're doing all through the month. Um, but this is who we are, and, and, and this is what we do. Would you say that with me? This is what we do. And this is the beginning of this four-week series. And I hope that you'll make it a point to be here every, every Sunday. Here at Christ Walk, <clears throat> there are certain values that are really important to us. Of course, we know that family values is really important to us. Uh, but one of the values that is is it's important to the way we make our decisions, things that we do, activities that we, we, we bring to you. Uh, one of these really important values is the value of generosity. We want to be known as a generous group of people. We want to be known in our community as a generous church. Generosity opens doors. Generosity makes life better. Generosity inspires. Generosity is contagious. You have to be careful because when we start getting generous, it, it gets on you, and you want to be generous too. It reminds me of a, a time I was flying uh, overseas back and forth to Russia, and we were on this big jetliner, and we noticed these two guys, they were like in their mid-20s, and they had told a joke or something, and they started laughing, and they could not stop. And before long, the people around them started laughing. And before it was done, the whole plane was laughing. Now, that's the kind of contagiousness that we need, don't you think? And that's what happens with generosity. God is generous, and we are made to be generous. We are wired to be generous. This is who we are. This is what we do. We are generous. So we're going to spend four weeks looking at the blessings of generosity. We value and give our time. We value and give our talents. We value and give our treasures. And we value and give our testimony. Would you say those four things with me? Time, talent, treasure, testimony. Now, that was really hard for some of you. <laughs> you know, the memory thing, it really gets bad. As you get over about 40 the memory thing really fails. So it's time, talent, treasure, testimony. All right, one more time. We value, we value and give our time, our talent, our treasure, and our testimony. It's going to be a great month of learning. Would you pray with me? I want to ask God to have his hand upon what we're about to do. Lord, we thank you for the uh, this opportunity that you give us to worship. We thank you, God, for the talent that you have placed in the church and for the, the, the heart that you have given our people to worship. And we just want to praise you and thank you for it today. Now, as we move in, into this time of sharing the word, I pray, God, uh, that you would take our little bit and multiply it. 
Whatever I can add today, God, I pray that you would take it and just multiply it in this place today. I ask you, God, that none of us would be the same as when we walked into this place, that when we leave, we're somehow a different person. So God, if you would, guard our hearts and minds today, open up our lives, put a guard upon my lips today, God, upon my heart and my mind, that I would not say anything that would be hurtful or harmful to people. And we thank you now for what you're going to accomplish today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? Let me say that and you respond. God is good. And all the time. Let's do it again. God is good. And all the time. God is good. He really is good. One of my favorite ministers, a guy named Craig Rochelle, said concerning generosity. He said, in America, we don't feel rich, but we are. We think we're generous, but we aren't. Now, that was a direct quote. I, I would have said it a little differently. I would have said, in America, we don't feel rich, but we are. We think we're generous, but maybe we're not quite as generous as we'd like to think that we are. The reason we don't feel rich in America is because we look around and we see others with more stuff than what we have. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, we walk by some really cool cars. I went, we, we were down in Jacksonville with uh, some people uh, last year, and we went into this really nice restaurant, and there were really cool cars lined up out front that people owned that were in the restaurant eating. And I'm thinking, man, somebody's got money somebody's wealthy, somebody's rich, and, and it's amazing. And then we go down to the, the marina here on the Amelia Island, and we look at those yachts that come through that are, you know, $6 million boats or what I would call a $6 million hole in the ocean. Um, and we think, my goodness, what must it take to put gas in this thing? <laughs> we don't even think about owning it. It's, it's just... How much gas this thing would use. And especially right here, again, on Amelia Island, we don't feel rich because we see so many others that are rich. People who are richer than us. But when we compare ourselves with people around the world, I think we can see a little bit more how rich we, we truly are. For instance, how many of you own or have access to a car? Anybody? Everybody? Yeah. Did you know that if you own a car, you are in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world? Can you believe that? So all of you who own a car are in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. Most people don't own a car. You do. If your family income is, get, get ready because this is a pretty big number. If your family income is $10,000 a year, that's not a very big number, is it? Think about this. You are wealthier than 84% of the world. $10,000 a year and you are wealthier than 84% of the world. If your in family income is $50,000, you're in the top 1% in the world. Hmm. 
makes me think just a, a little bit differently about my being rich. And when you think about it, we're just amazingly blessed. If you need medicine, what are you going to do? You're going to run down to the corner, get whatever medicine you want. It's there. It's not expensive usually. If we want food, then we have a major decision to make. Some of the biggest arguments I ever got into with my wife was, where are we going to go eat after church? Well, you pick. <clears throat> no, I picked last week. You pick. I'm not picking. Well, I'm not going anywhere until we do. And you just sit there. And, Anybody ever done that kind of thing? <clears throat> and, the big, and the big thing that confronts us is, do we go by six or seven other restaurants to get to the real good restaurant or do we just come to the one that's in our path first, right? <laughs> it's a real problem we have here in America. If we want to go on vacation, it's easy enough to schedule a cruise. We, we've, we've got a guy right here who, who does sailboat excursions right here at Amelia Island. We just go talk to Tony and Cindy, and, and there you go. They, oh, by the way, they do it for free for Christ Walk. Did you know that? No, I was just kidding. But we just go, we go on vacation. We, we get us a cruise, we, we get us a plane ticket, and, and we just go. If we want to go to the mountains, we get in a car, for all you rich people. We get in a car, we go up to the mountains, and we, we go to Dollywood. Anybody been to Dollywood? Yeah, that's what we do. We, we, can, we, we do that. We live in a climate-controlled world. It's set back there, I think, on 71 or 72. Some of you feel cold from it, I know, but it, it, you know, it'll, it'll all pan out. Um, but if we want it to be 73, you know what we got to do? <laughs> Make it 73. If we want it to go cold and we want to turn up our fireplace... We said on 67 and turn on the heat. Anybody ever do that? You put your, your temperature in your house real cold and then you put logs on the fireplace? I, I guess I'm weird because I've done that. And a lot of us, because we are so wealthy, we actually have special rooms built into our house for our clothes. We do. Most people around the world only have one or two changes of clothes. But we build rooms for our clothes. It, I mean, that's really kind of comical. Most people have one change of clothes, if that, around our world. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? It's hard, hard to get. But some of you guys, you have one whole rack full of pants and shirts and, or ladies have your dresses. And then some of you who are really bad, you have two racks right? One up here. One. And then some of you who I'm not going to point fingers at, you have one going down the sidewall there and one down the sidewall here. And then on top of that, you have these racks for your shoes. You know, most people only have one or two pairs of shoes in their whole life. And we've got this. And then we stand in front of our closet and we say, I don't have a thing to wear. Right? We also may not be as generous as we like to believe we are. Statistically, 
the average American only gives away 2.8% of their income. That ought to shake somebody. I mean, when the Bible talks about 10%, that's a starting point. And, and the average American gives away 2.8% of the income. And if you make over $100,000, that goes down a little bit to 2.6% of the income. That doesn't sound like generosity to me. Does it sound like generosity to you? It doesn't sound like generosity to me. As followers of Jesus, we want to lead in this area of generosity. We really believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive, don't we? It's, it's a truth. The Apostle Paul spoke about generosity in a lot of places, but I want to read you a passage of Scripture out of 2 Corinthians. And by the way, we're doing two different avenues of thought this morning. One, I'm introducing the, the, the sessions to you, the, the new series, and then we're going to get into our first one, talking about time, uh, if we have time. Ha, ha. 2 Corinthians 9, starting with verse 7. This is out of the NLT. Paul said, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And I want you to notice it doesn't mention money. Okay? You can presume money. You can assume money. But it really doesn't say that. You each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Listen, whatever you give, your time, your talent, your treasure, your testimony, don't do it because you feel pressed to do it. If you do it because you're pressed to do it, it's worthless. God loves cheerful givers, right? Cheerful givers. And God will generously provide all you need. Get that. God will provide generously all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God, and I think it's verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. We give what we have and God multiplies what we have. He set it up that way. Seed for the farmer. We give and he multiplies. We give and God multiplies. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. In other words, God will be glorified. So this is what we do. We give generously, God multiplies, and our faith grows. So I want you to join us every week. Don't miss one week of this. We, we value and we give our time, our talent, our treasure, and our testimony. Now, the second part that we're getting into right now is about the first one, time. So I want to take just a little bit of time and say we are generous with our time. This is what we do. In Ephesians chapter 15, verse 15, the scripture says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Now, I want you just to take note 
of that. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul tells us to make good use of our time. And then in Psalm 90, I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but in Psalm 90, it's the only psalm written by Moses. And, it's a, and Moses is pouring his heart out to God, asking him for wisdom on how to live his life. God did not give everybody the same amount of talent, the same amount of treasure, or the same testimony. But guess what he did do? He gave us all the same amount of time in a day. This prayer that Moses prayed in verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. What do you do with the 24 hours that God has given you? Someone illustrated time this way. Suppose every day you go to your bank and someone has deposited $86,400 into your bank account. Anybody go for that? And, and here's the, the catch, though. You have to spend it all in one day. Okay? What would you do? Cars, right? You're wealthy, so let's go buy cars. We go on a, a, a shopping spree. You can't use what's left over. There is no forwarding of the balance. It's not carried over to the next day. Each day you begin with $86,400. What would you do? Well, think about it. We're each given 86,400 seconds every day. Once the day is up, it's gone. It's history. You can't save the day. It's forever gone. And it's foolish to squander and waste $86,400, but how much more foolish to waste 86,400 seconds? Now, not everybody would agree with that because money is money, of course, Many would say that it's foolish wasting money, but time, not so much. How about if you were given just a few months to live? How would you value the time then? Anybody ever have to face that in your family? Got a little bit of time left. How important is the time? What amount of money would a person give to have more time to live? Well, what is the value of time? Well, ask a student who fails a grade the value of a year. Or a mother whose baby came early, ask her the value of one month. Or a person whose life was saved in an emergency situation by a good Samaritan, ask them the value of a minute or two. Or the Olympic swimmer who lost a medal by one one-hundredth of a second, ask them the value of a second. How important is time to us? There's an author... Uh, who tells of a story, he, he, he received a letter from a man who used to have absolutely no interest in faith, God, church, Christ, anything. And he lived next door to a, a Christian guy. And they had a, a casual relationship like we do with a lot of our neighbors. <sighs> then the non-Christian's Christian man's wife was stricken with, with cancer and died three months into the disease. And he wrote a letter expressing what happened to him and what touched his life. And this is his letter. He said, I was in total despair. I went through the funeral preparations and the service like I was in a trance. And after the service, I went to the path, my walking path along the river, 
and I walked all night. But I did not walk alone. My neighbor, afraid for me, I guess, stayed with me all night. He did not speak. He did not even walk with me. He just followed me. And when the sun finally came up over the river, he came up to me and said, Hey, let's go get some breakfast. I go to church now, my neighbor's church. A faith that can produce that kind of caring and love that my neighbor showed me is something I want to find out about more. I want to be like that. I want to love and be loved like that for the rest of my life. What made the difference for this man? It was that one person dared to make the most of an opportunity and he gave his time to somebody else. No words, few words, but the message came through loud and clear. He had learned how to redeem the time. How about, how about us this morning? I'm not going to keep you much longer. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful worship time at the end of this today too. And then we have baptism. But how about you and me? How, how are we handling this precious gift that God has given us? You know, thinking about life, uh, and my wife tells me sometimes that I'm morbid because I, I talk about death. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you some instructions because if, it, if I die, you know, here and they put a casket up here, I do not want it open where people will walk up and say, oh, doesn't he look good? <laughs> no, he looks dead. Okay. So I, I, I do talk about that and my wife tells me I'm morbid, but did you know that nobody ever said while they were on their deathbed, nobody ever said, oh man, I wish I had spent more time at work. I wish I had spent more time in that restaurant. I, you know, it, life would have been better if I could have just spent more time playing video games. No, I don't think anybody has ever said that. Or I, I wish I'd spent more time watching Netflix. You know? Nobody does that. I don't ever want to get to that place where I wish I had spent more time loving on the ones that are important to me. And who is that that's important to me? It's my creator and it's my family. I don't ever want to get to that place. I want to spend more time now loving my creator and loving my family. God desires for us to make the most of our time by spending time with him, by loving him, and by serving him. And by spending time with people, loving people, and serving people. See, I believe our true worship is represented by what we give our time to. If all of your time or most of your time is spent at the job site, if most of my time is spent in pursuit of my hobby, if most of our time is spent just finding a way to stay alive, that tells us what's important to us. But what do we do? This is what we do. We are generous with our time. We're generous with our time. Now, I want to challenge us this week. 
I'm going to stand because I am, I'm actually going to challenge us. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to make time this week. Take time this week. You know, if you, if you don't make time or take time, you just won't ever have the time, right? Somebody says, if I ever get around to it. Well, my dad one time, he was a pastor. He made these things about this sign, size, and he wrote on there, to it. And he handed those out. And he said, if you ever get around to it, then I need you to help out with the church or I need you to help mow the grass. Or, and, but if we don't purpose in our mind that we're going to make the time, we're going to take the time for those who are important to us, we're going to lose the time. And I believe that God holds us accountable. We are to be stewards of God's time, stewards of talent, stewards of treasure, and stewards of our testimony. I believe we're going to have to face God and answer for what we have done with our time, what we have done with our talent, what we have done with our treasure, and what are, have we done with our testimony. So if you love, give. One of my favorite sayings that I've, I've said from this area is, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Whether it's, and I'm saying this over and over, I want you to get this. Whether it's your time, whether it's your talent, whether it's your treasure, or whether it's your testimony. If you love, you're going to give. So my challenge for you this week is to, one, focus on God first. He desires, he desires our focus. Focus on Him first. Spend a little bit more time talking with him. And what I mean by that is, you know how some of us will, will just get in the truck and as we're taking off, we'll say, oh God, bless my day. I love you. See you later. Or we're taking the kids to school and say, okay, God, I, I just want to spend a, a couple minutes with you praying and talking. That's fine that you do that. But the most valuable thing that you have to give anybody is your time and your attention. What are you going to do concerning God? The second part of that is, I want, you to, I want to challenge you to find somebody that is special to you in your life. Express to them your love, your appreciation, and find a way to serve them this week. What are you going to do with your time? How are you going to answer for that time? Time, talent treasure, testimony. I believe God wants us to use our time in a generous way, don't you? Would you bow your heads? I want to pray over you this morning. My Heavenly Father, I thank you today. Sincerely appreciate you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to be here together in this room, to be here together on this campus with the children and the workers over there and people in the back and people on the uh, internet watching. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege that you've given us. And we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your spirit. We thank you, God, for the, the grace, the mercy, the love, all these things that you give us. And we honor you today. We praise you today. But Lord, would you help us to know that this is who we are. Christians are generous people. We're not lousy tippers. We're great tippers in the restaurants. We're not slow to 
compliment somebody's good service, we're quick to recognize a person's involvement. And so, Lord, would you just touch us today with your spirit and let this sink into us today that we're to be generous in our lives. We give and you multiply. We give and you multiply. We give what little bit we have and you take it. Just like Jesus did with the the bread and the fish when he fed the multitude. We give and you multiply. And yet, God, some of us seem to live in this fear of not having enough. Not realizing that one reason we're fearful of not having enough is because we're not givers. And so, Lord, would you show us how to be generous in our giving in every part of our lives. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.